Good morning, Cornerstone. Uh, and I'm grateful that you're all here this morning. You could have been anywhere else at 10 o'clock in maybe your dorm bed or uh, anywhere, and you chose to be here this morning. And I'm in the spirit of our topic of gratefulness, I'm very grateful for that. And as I thought about um, this theme and what I was going to share, uh, you know, it's, it's mid-month, it's November. As Christians, gratefulness is, is, is what we talk about this time of year. Gratefulness is what our churches are talking about. Gratefulness is what we're talking about in chapel. And I thought, you know, uh, as I was preparing, what, what am I going to say? What am I going to say that you haven't already heard? I mean, do we need to go into, do I need to tell you again to be content in all circumstances? I mean, have we heard that enough? I would say no, we probably haven't. Uh, we need to hear that every day. But this is one of those topics that uh, when you hear the word gratefulness, you're just like, you know, we, we, this is like Sunday school. You know, we do it over and over, and, and for good reason. Uh, because as Christians, we should be some of the most grateful. We should be some of the, the most uh, gratitude-filled people. But as I began to think about this, and, and when, I, when I preach or when I teach, uh, I often start by looking inward. And I'm like, all right, God, what do you need to teach me about gratefulness? as I prepare to share with these students. And, and, and in prayer, what, what he led me to was just kind of reflecting on days gone by in my life where I've been ungrateful. Anybody ever uh, sat and just uh, kind of thought about those moments where you've thought back and you're like, man, I was a real jerk in that moment, or I, I was just, I was ungrateful in that season. And I wrote these words down. It's the words you see on the screen. I wrote, I wrote these words down on a notepad. I said, forgive me for the days that I was not grateful. And, and, and honestly, as I've been preparing for this, I've been wrestling internally with this, this reality uh, of this spirit of ungratefulness that, that, that happens in our lives. Uh, you know, uh, what, I, what, what I struggled with was, uh, was this phrase, because forgive me for the days that I was ungrateful. I, I often in my life, I don't know about you, typically don't think of ingratitude as something I need forgiven from. I don't know, it's just kind of the ebbs and flows of life. Like I got up this morning and, you know, I already start complaining in my head and that's uh, just what you do and you, you, you get on with your day. And, and, and I don't know about you, but complaining and whining doesn't often in my world be the thing on my list that I go to God to repent about. Or, or, or it's something that I don't maybe think, it's maybe a minor, you know, it's not one of the major things I'm dealing with. And so, you know, God, he acknowledges that it's not that big of a deal. But yet I look at verses like this and I, I, I see in First Thessalonians, it says, give thanks in all circumstances. There I got the gra gratitude cliche verse in there this morning. But this give thanks in all circumstances, it's not just a, like a piece of advice for healthy living. I mean, when you read that, when you read that in the context, uh, what I see, um, I see a command. You know, I, I don't see a suggestion. I, I see uh, Paul saying, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks when it's good. Give thanks when it's bad. Give thanks when you have plenty, when you have little, when you have what you want, when you have what you don't want. And when we choose not to do that, when I choose to be ungrateful, when I choose not to give thanks in all circumstances, I, I really need to call it what it is. It's disobedience or it's, it's sin. 
It's, it can separate me. It can separate me from God. And so I don't know if it's that way in your life. I don't know if you struggle with this, but I know there's been seasons, there's been moments. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've already been, I mean, it is Monday morning, right? And the sky's gray and it's freaking cold outside. Some of, how many of you already had class? So you've complained. Uh, you know, you've already whined and complained. Uh, how many of you have been on my cornerstone and saw what we have for lunch? You haven't even looked because you're, you know, you're already negative about that. I mean, and it just snowballs, right? We get, you know, then we talk to this person and they're negative and so I'm negative and, and, and all of the sudden, all of the sudden ingratitude becomes the norm. And... We dismiss it. I mean, it's no big deal. It's just, it's just what we do. Lunch stinks, class was boring, my office is cold, I'm tired. We just go on and on. There's a, there's a passage in the book of Numbers that we're gonna look at today because what I want to challenge you this morning with is what I've been challenging me with in, in this time, in this season, is I wanna challenge you with this fact that God takes very seriously this topic of gratitude. He takes it extremely serious. He takes extremely serious our inability to show thanks in all circumstances. But I, I wanna put a disclaimer out there. It's important that I do this. I wanna put a disclaimer, and the disclaimer is this, that when I talk about complaining and whining, when I talk about ingratitude, uh, I'm not talking about when you go to your friends or when you go to a confidant and you share your hardships or your struggles. I'm not talking about the times when you sit down with someone and you just, you just open up and, and say, this is what's going on in my life. There's a difference, right? What we're talking about is what Paul says in Philippians 2.14. He says this, do everything without complaining. And, and, and it's important in this verse that you get that weird word at the bottom left. That's the Greek word, gongusmos. And, and this word is a big deal in this passage because it's not just about what we say, it's how we say it. So the word complaining in the, in the Greek here, um, it, it's a word that, uh, well, it gets at least part of its meaning from how it sounds um, it, it's kind of an onomatopoeia, meaning that we understand it by the way it sounds. We get our word gong from this word, and what it literally means is the tone, the complaining, grouchy tone from which we do things. And so as we go through this, what I wanna challenge you with is this idea of when you go about your day and you think of gratitude or ingratitude, don't just think about the words you say. Think about the way in which you say it. Don't just think about the, the, the content in your mind, but think about the intent that you have. And, and, and to be transparent in this, there are seasons in my life where I've, my tone has not been good. But there's also this pressure as a Christian, and this is in, in, in full transparency, there's times where I've been like, I am not gonna be the whiny, complaining one. I'm not gonna do it. And so I enter situations where I've had, man, I've had, trials and struggles, and I've had friends approach me, they know what I'm going through, and they come up to me and they're like, hey, how's it going? And I'm like, oh, it's awesome, everything's fine. Why, why do I do that? Because I don't wanna be a complainer, I don't wanna be whiny, I don't, I don't wanna show ingratitude. And the crazy thing is, even with God, 
I found myself in prayer, not wanting to open up, not wanting to share the things that are going on in my life with God, because I don't want to sound whiny or complaining to God. And, and what God has taught me and what he's teaching me currently is this disclaimer. There's a difference. There's a difference between complaining, a whiny tone, a critical spirit, a negative attitude, than sharing your struggles with a spirit of humility and vulnerability. And so as, we, as we're talking about this, we're talking about this idea of a gogusmos. We're talking about, uh, about this negative attitude, this critical spirit, this whiny tone that never seems to be able to find uh, the ability to focus on the blessings or the positives that surround our lives. And this story you're familiar with, it's the story where the slaves in Egypt, the Israelites are in Egypt and they're enslaved and they're crying out to God for years, God save us, this is miserable, this is horrible. And he sends them Moses, and you know the story, the plagues, you can probably name them. And they march through the Red Sea and the Red Sea parts and they go from slavery to freedom. They get a cloud in the day and a, and a fire by night. There was a pillar of fire that protected them. God brought food down called manna to feed them. He tapped a rock, had Moses tap a rock and water flow when they needed it. But there's a weird part of this story. There's a real interesting part of this story. For 40 years, they wander in the wilderness. So there was a destination they were going. God was delivering them. They, they all knew, they had been praying, God, send us to the land that was promised of our forefathers. But the problem was their gogusmos. It's because of the attitude, their spirit of ungratefulness, their spirit of complaining. Uh, just take a, take a look at this passage. Uh, this is taken from the message translation. It says, the riffraff among the people had a craving. I, I like this uh, paraphrase for this verse. This riffraff, this small group within the large group, as they're journeying to the promised land, they have a craving. Does your complaint sometimes come from your cravings? You want something really bad, you see what other people have and you want it, and so it drives you into the spirit of complaint, the spirit of ingratitude, and you lose sight of what you have because you want what you don't. Listen to what they said. Why can't we eat meat? We ate fish in Egypt, we got it free, not to say nothing of the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and onions and garlic, but nothing tastes good out here. All we get is manna, manna, manna. Now, in order to do this right in the spirit of gogusmos, I need your help. This is crowd participation. Remember, I'm in teacher ed, I teach middle schoolers, so here's what I need you to do. I know as college students on a Monday morning, you know how to whine and complain. Um, some of you do a really good job whining and complaining to me. You know who you are. And, and so I need you here. And so this is what I want. Uh, on the count of three, I'm going to count to three, and I need you to say the words manna, manna, manna. But I need it in your most whiny, complainy tone. Okay, I need your help here. All right? One, two, three. Man. That was horrible. You can complain and whine better than that. Well, here we go, one more time. One, two, three. Manna, manna. I mean, think of that two-year-old, right, at the edge of the table throwing the fit. This is what's happening in Israel. This is what's going on is they are complaining. They have this spirit about them. And what I want you to learn in this passage is this. Complaining or ungratefulness is communicable. It spreads. 
It's like an infection that can spread from one person and it can infect an entire community. I mean, did you catch that verse? It was the, it was the, the, the term they used in the message was the riffraff, but the actual Hebrew is it was a small group. It was just a portion of them. It started with just a few and that complaining grew. And maybe, maybe you can relate. Maybe you're on your sports team, there's just a handful of complainers. And after practice or after a week, it grows. Or maybe in your workplace, there's just a couple coworkers that tend to always be really critical and you see it growing. Maybe it's in your dorm or in your class, in your friend group, at your church, in the office. One or two people just seem to always want to look at the negative, always want to have that, that go goosemost, that, that, that critical spirit, and it just can suck the air right out of the room. It's an infection. It's as, almost as if the complainer kind of holds up a lens, it's a dark lens, and says, I want you to look through the world the way I see it. And they hold up a lens like in here right now and, and, and they say things like, you know, you didn't notice this before, but it's really cold in here. And then you hear somebody else say, yeah, I'm kind of cold. And then before you know it, what happens? You start to feel a little chilly. It's that spirit of one person who can bring everyone else down. And that's what happened to the people of Israel. But, but it's important to know that just as ingratitude or ungratefulness is communicable, so is gratitude. So is gratefulness. And so if you're sitting there and you're in those circles and you have people around you that, that tend to bring that spirit to the forefront, how do you fight it? You fight it with gratitude. You be the one to not join in. You be the one uh, to, to, to be different. Because God takes this quite serious, and we see this. This isn't the first time that they've been complaining. This isn't the first time it happened way back in Exodus, right before they, I mean, literally, they're still in the driveway of Egypt. The kids are just buckled in the back seat. They're already starting to complain. Look at what it says here. The Israelites were complaining to Moses and Aaron, again, about food. It's kind of the theme. And they say, if we'd only died in the desert, or in, in Egypt, if we'd only died back in Egypt, we would have had it better than this, because there we sat around and you know, we sat around pots of meat. That's what we did. And we ate all the food we wanted, but you brought us out here in the desert to starve. Uh, you know, this entire assembly is gonna die because of where you've taken us. I mean, did you hear what they did just there? I mean, and they're kind of revising their history. They've already forgot where they came from. I mean, I mean think about it. They just, they just sat around and ate meat all day. I mean, just, you know, that's what we did in Egypt. We sat around big pots of meat, big fondue party. You know, life in Egypt was like hibachi grill all day long, all inclusive. Why can't we just go back? And, and, and they, you know, they're dreaming this thing up. And, and all of a sudden, you know, they left out that slavery thing, that oppression thing, that thing that we asked for. We left out all of the, the, the turmoil and pain and, and, and disgrace of our people. And they begin to rewrite history. And, and it's a real challenge. You see, what, what's happening here is complaints always create complaints. I mean, ungratefulness creates 
ingratitude. And it happens personally in our lives. It happens collectively in our organizations and in our cultures. And I mean, it's happening right here with the Israelites. They're whining and grumbling and complaining and it creates more whining and grumbling and complaining. And why can't we have meat? Why couldn't we do this? And why couldn't we do that? And you know, actually, there, I found a study that's been done on this recently. And so there was a study done in 2019 where they took 100 people for 10 weeks and they took 50 people and they said, 50 people every day before you go to bed, you have to write in your journal all the things that day that annoyed you. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Not really, I'm just kidding. Maybe some of you are part of that group unintentionally. This was intentional. But they had to write down, it was called the Here's What Annoys Me Today group. Here's What Annoys Me journal. And every day, that's what they did for 10 weeks. And then there was another group of 50 people that they had the gratitude journal. And every day, they had to write down the things in the day that they were grateful for. 10 weeks. And as time went by, the study went on. And the universities that, were, that was involved in the study began to interview not only the people in the study, but the people they worked with, the people they did life with. And here's what they found. Those that kept gratitude journals had greater energy, better sleep, more enthusiasm, less anxiety, and felt less depressed. But here's what else they found. They found that whatever one group did intentionally, it was also what they had begun to do unintentionally. So those that were intentional about being negative at night became negative all the time or more likely to be. And those who were intentional about gratitude at night in their journals became more grateful people throughout the day. So I ask you, which one are you? If we were to go and interview the people around you, your teams, your sweet mates, your coworkers, your small group members, which category would they put you in? Oh, he must be doing the, the, the gratitude journal, or oh, they're doing the what annoys me journal. Intentionality is a big deal. And despite the complaining of the Israelites, God was a gracious father, and he provided them food. You just whined about it. He provided them manna. Anybody ever wonder what manna is? Well, so did the Israelites. Literally, the word manna in Hebrew means, what is it? I mean, like, when they first saw it and they went out there, they're like, what is this stuff? I mean, like, and, and in defense of the Israelites, when you sat down at a dinner and somebody slops a big pile of something on your plate and your first thought is, what is that? That's not a good sign. I mean, maybe they should have asked for some ketchup or barbecue sauce or, you know, some gravy to pour over. I don't know. Uh, but... The, the context here really matters. You see, they complained because it was bland. Eh, it's just vanilla pudding. It's just bland. It's just nothing. But they were starving. They were in the desert. And God provided. It just wasn't quite to the level of their liking. And it wasn't as if they were going to God for some help, it wasn't as if they were going to God, they were complaining, and, and look what he does here. He says, in Numbers 11, he says, tell the people, consecrate yourself in preparation for tomorrow uh, when you will eat meat. The Lord heard 
you when you wailed, and if only we had, me had meat to eat, we would be better off in Egypt, so now the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. He says you will not only eat it for just one day or two days or five or 10 or 20, but for a whole month and it, until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it. Be careful what you ask for, because I'm gonna give you meat, and you're gonna be sick of it. You're gonna hate it. And so God's teaching his people another important lesson here. Another important lesson that's critical when we talk about contentment, when we talk about gratitude, and it's this, ungratefulness oftentimes lacks perspective. It oftentimes lacks perspective. What we're missing in the midst of our negative attitude or our complaining or whining often is perspective. So instead of focusing on what's good, focus on what's a blessing, the grace of God in our lives, the things that he has done, we get fixated on what other people have or the things we don't have. It wasn't too long ago, I was at a movie theater and I was about seventh in line. And I could tell this guy up in the front of the line, uh, he was right at the counter, a young teenage girl was serving him and he was like irate. I could tell he was mad at something and, and, and I'm just in line, I just wanna get my stuff and go to my movie and this guy up there is just being a total jerk, right? And, and I'm, I'm kinda watching it, I can't really hear what he's saying, I can see the panic on the girl's face and then he just kinda smacks his hand on the counter, turns and he starts to walk past me. I noticed that he's wearing a golf polo shirt with a little fish on it. And I'm like, you know, what should I do here? You know, and I, I, literally, this is what I was thinking. You know, should I you know, strip him? You know, like, what would Jesus do, right? You know, like, probably not trip him. You know, so I was really, really cool. You know, as he walked by, I'm just like, you know, I give him one of those, like I really did something. He didn't see me. Nobody saw me. I felt a little better, you know, giving him like a cool guy smirk. But he walks by, he's bigger than me, so I just kind of let it go. I get up to the front, to the counter, and I ask the girl, I'm like, what was that guy's deal? You know, what was he so upset about? And she was still flustered. And, and this is what she told me. She said, I can't believe it. He was totally irate because I overfilled his popcorn bucket. Like his popcorn bucket was so full that he was worried about how he was gonna put butter on it and how he was gonna get to his seat without it spilling. And that's when I knew, yep, Jesus would have tripped him. No doubt. <laughs> Hands down, bam, I'm confident of that. But as I think about what happened in that moment, I think about the fact that that's a lot of us. We go to the counter we, we go to God with our requests, we go to God with our needs, our wants, and he fills our bucket. And yet, we're not happy. We're not content. I want a little bit more. I want more, or I want less in this case. Maybe you've heard of hashtag FWP. Anybody ever look this up? If you can, you can Google it. Hashtag first world problems. It's kind of funny. So people go and they search online and they find people's complaints and then they repost them with the hashtag FWP, first world problems. I'll give you a couple. Here's, here's one. It's so frustrating to get home from the grocery store and not be able to fit all the food in my refrigerator. 
just such a pain. I got so much food I don't know what to do with. Hashtag FWP. Here's another one. The movie's taking so long to download. Here the Gogusmos and that. I mean, like, we're all guilty of this one, right? Like, the, the Cornerstone Internet thing, you know? So we're like, the, you know, how about this one? I like this one. Ugh, I hate it when my Apple Watch doesn't register the right distance when I run on the beach. It's clearly going to be one of those days, right? You know, like. The Gogusmos. This, you know, and we laugh at this and we make fun of this and, and we hashtag it. People ha- hashtag it, but. I don't know, it's interesting to me that this is the spirit of the Western world. I mean, never in history have there been a country or a culture so indulged, so blessed. Never has a a people had their buckets so overfilling and yet so ungrateful, so discontent, so struggling with what God has given us. And I think about that, and I think about perspective, and I'm grateful that in my role in a nonprofit, over many years, I've been able to travel to countless third world countries to get a change in perspective. I travel with teams, and I see this around, and I, one is completely seared. After a long summer in the late 90s of working in a public school and hearing all these complaints about we need whiteboards instead of chalkboards and we need new projectors and I go to Haiti and I'm at this school at the base of a mountain where these kids don't have shoes and they get one meal a day if they come to school and they have no toys and they have no playground. It's just a dirt field and they're in a circle spinning around singing this song in Creole. And I asked the translator, I'm like, I know that song, but I don't know, I don't know the, the, the language. And he says, yeah, you know that song. They're singing, God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Y'all, we need to sing that song. See, what God's asking for are worshipers, not whiners. He's asking for people that will worship, that will acknowledge who he is and what he has done. And when we turn that into ungratefulness, what we do is we ignore what God has done, is doing, and is planning to do. And our lack of gratitude ultimately does this. Our lack of gratitude also ultimately undermines the good news of the gospel. And when I think about the Israelites, God tells them, because of your complaining, because of your lack of gratefulness, you're gonna wander in the wilderness for 40 years. You know what he says there? What he's really saying in that verse is, I've gotta wait for a whole generation of complainers to die before I will do my plan in my people. And my challenge to you and my challenge to myself is that God doesn't have to wait for me to get out of the way. That he's put me right here in this place for a purpose. And he wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use my generation. He wants to use your generation. And I hope it's not said about us that he's gotta wait for us to die off before he can do the things at Cornerstone. 
that he wants to accomplish simply because of our lack of gratitude. Because Paul says, do everything without complaining or arguing. See, our, our, our ungratefulness is like a dimmer switch. He, because in that verse he says, so that you will shine. Cornerstone, we need to shine. We need to be intentional. God, forgive me for the days that I have been ungrateful. Maybe that's the prayer you need to pray with me this morning. I know for me, as I begin to think about, all right, I'm gonna teach them about gratefulness, what God has taught me is, Matt, you need to repent. And you need to turn to me and allow me to lead you in my gratitude. Let's pray. God, forgive me. Forgive me for the times when I have not been grateful. Forgive us, God, as a, as a, as a body, as a people. We have so much to, to, as we look around, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much that you've given us. But oftentimes, God, our mind goes to what we don't have or what we'd rather have. And I just repent of my own gogusmos, my own tone. And I ask you to do a work in me this season so that I will be more intentional. Not some fake, yeah, I'm doing fine gratitude, but a, a, a legitimate joy where I can, in this last song, I can sing and I can, I can worship in a spirit of truth because of who you are and what you've done for us. We as Christians, God, should be the most content, the most grateful people on this planet because of your good news. So may your light shine through us this Monday, this week, this season, as we go forth and claim your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.